0: love talk radio every year millions of Americans are exposed
1: to a contagious virus what is this virus it's stigma stigma promotes an environment of shame fear and silence which prevents millions of
0: people from seeking help but there's good news the National Alliance on Mental Illness believes stigma towards mental illness is a hundred percent curable
1: so do yourself And everyone a favor.
0: Go to CureStigma.org and get tested for stigma. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to a special edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Lots of cool pictures and lots of great giveaways, so I encourage you to follow. And also, you can check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, iTunes, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Well, this evening, I mean, I have um, an expert, a goat, if you will, (laughs) as the young people say, um, in this field of theater, film, television. He's a writer, writer. He is a teacher. He's a producer. I'm not sure if he's in the circus. No, I'm just playing. Uh, But he's all the previous (laughs) things I mentioned. Um, This is actor Javon Johnson. Good evening.
1: Hey, good evening, Joy. How are you doing?
0: I am great. I'm so happy that you're here Mm -hmm. this evening. You're on the oval right now. You want to tell
1: them? Yeah, just 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 so you know, I actually have been in the circus. uh, You know what? You better stop. For forty seven years now, it's called America. But carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're gonna talk about the circus that's
0: been happening in the last week, okay? The the circus that's happening at the Capitol. Did you did you try out for that?
1: No, I wasn't. I wasn't wasn't right. I wasn't right fit for that one.
0: You wasn't the right fit. I didn't think so. Yeah, that's Uh, it was kind of like guess. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, uh, they, I they decided to go in a different
1: di- they decided to go in a different direction on that one.
0: Different direction. Yeah. See, and and you didn't take that... Yeah. Cuz you know, you're not, you well, know, that, the right I I... You didn't take you didn't take that personal. You have to you have to understand you get a lot of no's in this business.
1: Yeah, yeah, and some no's are good no's you know, and just, and they're just yeah. not right now. So, you you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you have to <laughs> look at those things. <laughs>
0: The Oval, mm-hmm. that's what you're on right now. It's coming up yes. for second season. Tell the audience a little bit about the show and your character.
1: Um, I you know, uh, 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 considering the millions of people that watch season one, I don't know how many people I need to tell about the show other than it, 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 was, it was loaded, it probably od'd on twists and turns and drama. Like, that show is packed. With uh, drama from episode to episode, which is uh, um, and a wonderful, talented cast too, as well and storytelling there. Um, but but yeah, if you want to get into a show that's going to keep you on edge <laughs> from episode to episode, and which was, you know wondering what's going to happen next, definitely it is the Oval. And I think one of the appeals of the Oval is that when you look at this first family and you say, wow, this this you know the White House will never be that crazy. It'll never be a first family like that. Well, we'll so just leave it at that. Yes,
0: I mean, I will. I will testify to it. Um, I mean, your family alone on the show. You know, you you play the um, butler at the White House, but um, your family has a lot of uh, drama with it um, on the show with your son, your daughter-in-law, and right. uh, your wife. Right. I mean, the latest well, right. was your wife. You know. Um, so let me ask you, you know, how are you dealing, like you deal with a lot of young people. Do you talk to them about this, um, surface that we're going through in real life? Uh, when you're teaching, um, do you, do they come to you with questions at all about what's going on now in the world?
1: Uh, not necessarily specifically. It might not be specifically to what's happening politically in the world, but you know, my focus is about life in general. So they're already operating in a way where they're they're looking inside of themselves and looking for understanding first within themselves, so they can better understand understand the world around them. Because sometimes if you don't if you don't know yourself, then you can never understand the process, the madness that you you know that mm-hmm. you're uh, subjected to. Um, so the focus of in terms of dealing with young people and training them. I start. It's an inside-out process, so we got to start inside, so that you're prepared to stand in the midst of all the madness. So you, if the more you know who you are, the more you know which direction you want to go in, and and the, and the places you should be, and how you should be focused and, and goal-oriented. Um, so that's really. So they're kind of already operating in that way, and so that they can have a better understanding of this is what's happening over there but this is what's happening with me and I don't need to participate in that or this is how I participate in that because I understand who I mm-hmm. am first. What
0: would you tell a younger Javon Johnson, say the 20-year-old Javon or the 15-year-old, uh, based on what you've learned now in your life? What is something you might tell your younger self?
1: Um, I would tell my younger self that sometimes you're unaware of the greatness that is that is in you. And just be patient. Mm-hmm. They open and allow yourself to grow into it, um, because we all have that type of destiny. I think in terms of calling, what is our calling, our purpose? And mm-hmm. I think the sooner you recognize your purpose, the more room you give yourself to be in your greatness. You know, if you take someone mm-hmm. like Chad Roseman, whose whose life was you know a different about, whose life was cut short. But look at what he did in that amount of time, you know, because he yes. had been he had been walking in his purpose for quite some time, and he knew very early on what he wanted out of life and what his service to to to, to this world was, and he accomplished that much in, in a short amount of time. He did way more than most people have done in 30, 40 years in business. He did it, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Okay. So you but, guys worked but that together man for, for many years.
0: You guys were friends for many years, and um, you wrote a film called Heaven, and he directed that. Tell us a little bit about that short
1: film. Uh, Chad and I have been working together since he was, you know, coming from the same hometown in Anderson, South Carolina. He was three years younger than me, so when we were in Anderson, I didn't really spend a lot of time with him because I was older, and I spent time Mm -hmm. with his family members. Uh, But we became close when he was at Howard University. That's when we really started to – get really connected and, and build a friendship. So um, this, you know, long before Chabert. Chabot didn't even go to L.A. to be an actor. Most people don't know that. He went to L.A. to direct, a, um, get his play called Deep Azure, adapted into a film and direct that and get that produced. That's why he went to L.A. And I was a part of that. Mm. I was the cast of that show. We did that show at the Apollo. We did it at Congo Square Theater Company, which I'm a founding ensemble member in Chicago. We, we did the world premiere production of his play, Deep Azure, there. We did it at the Apollo, and that's what he went to L.A. for, because um, he really wanted to be a director, and, and most of us not didn't get to see that side of him um, as much as we saw him as an actor. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we had done a lot of work together uh, prior to him becoming the, you know, superstar that he, he had ultimately became.
0: I mean, you are an actor. You are also this other person, the teacher, the writer, you know, filmmaker, producer, what do you yeah. think your purpose is? Is it all those things, or is it one thing and you're just kind of dabbling in the others? What is your purpose?
1: No, I, I, I think my purpose is um, one, to give, to help people find their voice and their purpose. I mean, I'm throwing the word purpose around yeah. a lot, but that is my purpose. My, my purpose is aligned with other people, fulfilling and, and understanding what their purpose is. So all the work that I do, and which is why I enjoy teaching so much, is because my teaching is focused on giving you a voice and, and, and helping you find self-value. Because the, the, the black community, in terms of my experience in teaching uh, people of color, there is mm-hmm. such a degree of lack of self-worth. And a lot of that mm-hmm. comes as a part of your, your, your environment, your history, your upbringing. Somehow, somewhere down the line, you didn't feel like you were worth anything, so you didn't dream you dreamed small, you didn't think that you mattered as much, and a lot of that has to do with the way America is now today, you know um, so I spent a lot of time getting, getting people to understand the value of who they are and the value of their experiences and and, and, and your life is worth something to somebody else. And your life can change somebody else's life. Your life could elevate somebody out of their darkness, and you have to know that so that you can find your purpose and that has that has since become my purpose, even in my work. you know if you read a lot mm-hmm. of my original stuff, not the stuff not the stuff that I'm hired to do because that's different, but the stuff that's organic and original for me there's always that that the story, the theme of it is always about building people in some way, getting them connected to truth. And honesty, um, that's kind of like a driving, a, a, a running theme in most of my work.
0: Now, when you're writing, do you use a computer? Do you write with pen and paper? How do you?
1: What is your process for writing? Well, you know, we're in a different area now. Back back in the day, it was all <laughs> I used to write by hand. I, I used to write by hand, and I thought I would never, you know, use a typewriter. You know, I, most people don't even know what a typewriter is no more. But mm. I thought... I would never, I'd never use a typewriter. I never use a keyboard. But then, eventually, for time's sake, I had to. I had to adjust. So now everything is on a laptop. Just you know, it's just it's just more convenient.
0: Now, where now, the where are you write?
1: Connecting with the, um ahead, You know, now I just think the process of writing by hand is a different aesthetic in terms of the connection to the words and what you're writing. It's a little, it's a bit more personal, and it's a bit more invested. And you can just sit there and labor in the in the penmanship that's actually physical in that way. Uh, but I had to learn to give that up for the keyboard. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> You know, they say that yeah. it's easier to memorize things once you have written them with your hand. There's some something to do with the connection of the, the your hand, the physical movement of your hand and your brain together and, and writing things out and then it helps with the memory. Now that we have this computer mm-hmm. age, um, I wonder what the theories are about. You know, young kids—they're always on their phone with their thumbs. You know, um, and, yeah. and then we're yeah. on the computer. Yeah. I wonder what the theories are hey, about we don't, how we don't, you know. We don't, even, we,
1: don't, we don't even write. We don't even write full words anymore. We don't even spell words all the way out anymore. <laughs> we don't even pre- no. the words. Phone <laughs> number. I just, mean,
0: do you remember payphones? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I do. You, you I had do. to memorize the phone number.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, crazy, only my mom right? I, I, it's just mom. That's it,
0: <laughs> right? It's, exactly. It's just mom, Dan, <laughs> Joe, Susie, right? In your phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, who so, who's your who's your favorite playwright? Do you have a favorite playwright, or maybe the top three?
1: Uh, my favorite playwright is the late great August Wilson, um, mm-hmm. who had okay. a profound. He had a yeah. He had a profound influence on my work. And who I am as an as an artist and even as a black man you know uh his work was very heavily impacted my my journey into becoming who I am as an artist uh i knew I knew him personally um, and just just the greatness of his of his penmanship really set me on my course so he he will be my favorite playwright
0: how about your favorite filmmaker? Do you have a, a favorite film or filmmaker, and and why are they the favorite?
1: You know, I don't know if I have a favorite filmmaker because I like a, I like, I like too many. You know, I just like a really good good movie, uh, good storytelling. And I remember I have moments where films really opened my eyes, and that way, I remember one of the moments I, I, I'll never forget is walking out of the theater after seeing John Singleton's Boys in the Hood. Like I thought that was mm-hmm. a profound movie, uh, that did all the all the right things in terms of letting letting the black community and the world see that 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 world and, and what we're dealing with and the tragedy of it all. I think he he did that wonderfully in that in that piece of cinema. Um but, you know, I also love movies like Forrest Gump. So I redemption. There's a lot of classics that are great storytelling. So for me it's just a wonderful uh great storytelling is what I look for. And then beyond that of course performance and execution and production and all that stuff. But the story is what's most important to me.
0: Now as an actor and how my do favorite you I your five line? is
1: Five Heartbeats no, also. What?
0: Oh five I was gonna heartbeat? say Five yeah. Heartbeats
1: is like yeah I could watch that mm-hmm. I could watch that movie all the Robert, Robert Townsend's Five Heartbeats. I just think that's just so It's just a fascinating movie to me, and I think it was well done. That's a great storytelling as well. But so many memorable moments and characters in that film Uh, is just – it's a classic for me. What about Cooley High? Do you
0: remember remember Cooley High? I don't know if that's – Oh, come on. Cooley High, yeah, of course. You're
1: going back to, like, Cooley High and Lean on Me and all those, like – yeah, I, want, I I'll try not to go back that far. But okay, thanks. thanks oh, joy. okay. You didn't that.
0: want to? Yeah, d- yeah. I understand. For the audience, yeah, thing, for the audience. now, thing, now, yeah, yeah,
1: now, now my now my, now my back hurts because you asked that question. <laughs>
0: now, how about when you're memorizing lines? Do you have a certain process, uh, things that you do to help you memorize your lines?
1: No, I don't have a process. I, I just have a you know my my process in terms of memorization. That memorization is the last thing I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm thinking about the connecting to this world and to this character and how do I find my way into it, and then I allow the words to follow that up. So by the time I get to the point where I need to sit down and actually memorize, the words should already be a part of me because I've I've, I've approached it from a different angle. So it's been less time actually mechanically memorizing the words as as, as much as I've allowed the words already to seep into my spirit and, and, and my way already a part of the words. So that's kind of how I how I deal with that. Now, I'll say this, working working for Tyler Perry and memorization is slightly different <laughs> because
0: mm. there's why a lot
1: more content because there's a lot more content and there's a lot there's a short amount of time. So Tyler works very okay. fast. So mm. for an actor, you have to deal with an entire season of material. So we might have 25 episodes to look at versus looking at one episode, one one hour one hour episode, and you're just working on that that content, you're mm-hmm. working on 25, 20 to 25 episodes at one time. And the shooting of that is not in sequence. So you might be shooting episode 5, 8, 12, and 17 all in one day, pieces of it. So there's a lot more, there's a bigger demand on you as an actor in that scenario. So sometimes it is about, man, I, got, I just got to memorize these lines because I don't have time to do a lot of the other stuff or to allow myself to sit and process too long. So that's,
0: that's a little different. Do you have a favorite episode from this first season of the Oval? That um that you like would go back and watch yourself?
1: Uh, I don't remember the, which episode it was, but the one where I had to fight off the thugs in the alley and save the first lady, uh, the, the president, the first uh, daughter.
0: The daughter. Mm-hmm. And,
1: okay. okay. Yeah, I had to fight off about three or four thugs because I looked like a, a action hero. I was like, okay, I, yeah, I like that. I like watching myself <laughs> look
0: like My i <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Like, look at
0: now let so, me ask you: yeah, Is it yeah. hard when you're doing like physical acting to remember your lines and your blocking? How 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 the how do you remember like the blocking and things? And also, you know, some people might want to know like how many takes? Because sometimes you could be on the set and they do like twenty takes, and other times it's one take. How's Tyler with that? Is he like a one take guy, or is he uh, like sixteen takes? Uh,
1: Tyler is a one take. Uh, guy, and that's, you know, if you get two tapes that's a blessing. Okay. So we got to hit it and quit it because, again, Tyler works very fast. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, he gets a lot done in a very short amount of time. So it's all about the preparation coming into it. So when you you get on set, you shouldn't have the issue of whether or not you know your lines. And blocking is going to happen very quickly. So once blocking happens, you know where you're going, what you're doing, the camera is rolling. And sometimes it's a hit and miss. Sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't because you're moving so <laughs> fast. But you do the you, you do the best you can, uh, within those circumstances. Uh but but it's very rare that you get, you know, a second or third take. What scares Javon Johnson? Um not not fulfilling my purpose. Like falling short of helping Others see themselves in, 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 in the power that they have. I think if I if I don't if I stop doing that, that that would be tragic for me.
0: What makes Javon Johnson laugh?
1: Ah, that question. <laughs> that question. Okay. Uh, yeah, that question. You know what, to be honest with you, I'm one of those guys who laugh at things that I probably shouldn't laugh at. Like, I I think that laughter is medicine. And so there are some things that are very serious, and I'll find a a, a way to smile or or chuckle about it Um, Mm -hmm. um, just because I I really believe in the medicine of laughter and, and, and I think it's okay sometimes to allow that to be present in scenarios where people will judge it and say you shouldn't be laughing. I'm like, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, this is not going to send me down the the black hole. You know, I'm going to keep this light and I understand, you know, even if I understand the severity of it, even if I understand it, sometimes I might laugh. Um, but you know, black folks too, we tend to laugh at stuff. You know, your your uncle got one leg. We're going to make fun of his uncle. (laughs) That's what we do. Mm -hmm. But, Mm-hmm. But, but, mm-hmm. E- but even that, even that I think comes out of us being a people of survival. You know, we're, survive- we're people who who have survived a lot of trauma. So we got to, song and laughter is a way to get through some things sometimes.
0: You know, men don't have the um, ability or the society's not giving them the opportunity to express all their different emotions Um. But you, as an actor, do you feel you more in touch with your emotions um, as a as a man, and and more comfortable expressing a variety of emotions?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely correct on that because society doesn't. There's a lot of stigma and stereotypes and things, and we got to feel like we got to stick our chest out rather than hold our head down because it's a sign of weakness. Um, but the one thing I say about the greatest, one of the greatest gifts of this art form of being an actor and being in the arts is that it gives you permission to let all of that go and to show the world all of your vulnerability, all of your fears, all of your failures and extremes. And so as a man, I can't wait to get into the world of the arts and show you what's inside of me that society says, don't show me that because I'm going to judge you if you do. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the greatest gifts of being an artist is that you get the opportunity to show what's really there. And instead of getting criticized, and uh, you get a you get a standing ovation.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's the benefit. Now you have what is called the Bare Fruit Conservatory. Tell the audience about that.
1: Uh, Bare Fruit Conservatory is a performing arts training center that I'm uh, establishing in South Carolina. One because uh, with Chadwick Boseman and I being from the same hometown, there was not much there to contribute to where we ended up in, the, in, in our careers in entertainment. <clears throat> but that doesn't mean that there's not other talented people in that community. And so uh, one of my mission was to provide a center for not just training, but competitive training, professional training. And also with the school, Barefoot Conservatory, there's also Barefoot Fruit Entertainment because part of the mission is not only are we, uh, am I going to train you, provide a facility for you to train and be competitive in the industry, I'm also going to mm-hmm. provide a production company so that while you're training, you come out of the school, you're actually getting professional experience. So if you decide to go to New York or go to L.A., you're going to New York and L.A. with a reel, you're going there with a, with credits. Uh, you, got a, you got a resume, you got a bio, you got everything you need so you're not going into these larger markets with your hands out, with your hands out all the time asking for something. You're going to them saying, this is what I have to offer. How can we work together? Um, so you get a kind of a, a full experience here in the state of South Carolina because we just don't have anything here like that that uh, can keep people, at, keep people at home and allow them to dream at home and, and foster and nourish that dream in their backyards. When I look at me, I had to leave all the time. I, you know, for me to get to where I am, mm. I, I had to spend a lot of time outside of South Carolina. So most of, right. a lot of the work, if I didn't do something on TV or film, most of my family didn't see it because most of them couldn't drive to Chicago or get to Chicago and New York or these other places and get to L.A. So and I come out of theater. So a lot of my work, my family didn't get to see because I couldn't work at home yeah. and I couldn't. there was nothing here. So that, that became the impetus for me to establish this thing because there's a lot of people here who have dormant dreams who are spending 30, 40 years in the textile automotive industry, but they always wanted to be a poet or a novelist or an actor or mm-hmm. musician, all these things they wanted yeah. to be, but the, but, the, but the community didn't give them any, any outlets for it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, especially now with um, technology taking over so many jobs, places where, There was, you know, the Industrial Revolution. It's not really going to work anymore. Um, And people need some kind of hope. And I think the arts gives people hope, you know, for for all different things. Even if they never become, you know, like a famous, you know, star on Hollywood Boulevard type of thing person, even just taking it for a short period of time, taking acting classes, um, I think it will really help a lot of people. It's like therapeutic in a way. Um, it can be therapeutic. I think um, taking acting classes. Uh, what does Javon Johnson eat for breakfast?
1: Huh, I really don't eat much. I try to stick to egg whites, avocados, and maybe some turkey meat. I try to stay away from. I'm trying to lose ten pounds. Uh, okay. Pray for me because it, it, it's will. not going well. I'm trying to look like Javon <laughs> Hebron. You know, I'm trying to like Barry on on the oval. And uh Richard. Von is says not doing he works out like
0: or, seven times a week
1: or something crazy. Like every day he's working well, well, out or something crazy. Run, yeah. Well, Von's run, a young Von's a young dude. He can do that. Like, he can be motivated <laughs> to do all that got all the testosterone and and he gotta do something with it. So <laughs> I talked to Von <laughs> about fifteen fifteen years. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Now um have, do you like to travel? Do you have a favorite place you like to go and travel? If if it wasn't COVID, where would you go?
1: Uh I do like to travel. My you know one of my favorite cities uh is actually uh Chicago, especially during the uh spring and summer. I just think that mm-hmm. Chicago has so much to so much to offer for everybody. It may be a little segregated yeah. in some places, but any and everybody has something in the city of Chicago. Um, that speaks to their culture. And I just, uh, that's one of my favorite cities um, to visit a lot. Um, I have been to Alaska and I, I've been to Poland. I, I did a project in Poland. I actually love being in Poland. Thought I would not like Poland at all.
0: Oh, my God. You've been to but,
1: Poland? Uh, I've been to Poland. I've been to Poland, I to Poland for like five years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I went where, to. Uh, where went in to Poland? The, the, uh, I went to. Um, oh, gosh. What was I? I know I went to. The Dimes um, what, what, Warsaw, would, Wausau? Uh, Wausau, I went to the okay. concentration camps. Pass- yeah, Warsaw. Mm-hmm. I went over there. There was a couple of cities okay. that I can't remember right now, but I went to yeah, the, to the concentration names. camps over there. Yeah, uh, that was an experience. I went to the big cathedral where I saw the black the, the black Virgin Mary. Uh, where mm-hmm. what was really fascinating was seeing the painting of the black Virgin Mary and seeing all these non-metallic folks on their knees, yes. walking around, mm-hmm. praying to her and worshiping her. I said, "Man, if yeah. they could see this visual in America, like that, blew my mind to see white folks on their knees worshiping something that had a, a person of color, the image of a person of color.
0: And they wouldn't like, be
1: ready for it. They're not ready amazing. for it.
0: Look, they're not ready." They're not ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not at all. I mean, not what at happened all. this week shows, you know, that that, that, yeah. that this half this country is not ready to move ahead to to shift their paradigm thinking about the globe. It's not just America. There right. is a globe and everything is all interconnected. You know, they're not ready for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So now uh, yeah. do you know when when is the um second season of the Oval starting? is it um in february or january when is that starting do you yep. know uh,
1: uh the the only official announcement I've, i'm aware of is the month of february next month so the next official month. date I, I don't know yet but okay. february is the month <laughs> february is the month
0: so now what february what what, so, what do you eat for dinner do you eat avocado for dinner? What, do you eat catfish stew? Because I've been reading about all the food in South Carolina. <laughs> Listen, joy, Can you cook? Joy, Wait, come
1: I'm, on. Can uh, you so cook? I'm trying not to eat anything right now. I'm trying okay, to lose I'm 10 sorry. pounds. Should I not
0: be that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to eat nothing. I'm trying to just see your stomach go away. That's all. <laughs> You can't starve
0: yourself. You know, this is all you to, holiday stuff. you got to feed stuff.
1: it. <laughs> Listen, I got, I, got, I'm, I got a bunch of COVID calories and and, and holiday fat you know between okay. Thanksgiving and Christmas so I'm trying to bounce yeah.
0: back now. All right. All right. I'm going to pray for you. I'm already lighting the candle. Thank you. And I have a picture of, of the <laughs> black um you know I'm I'm working with the Polish uh, in Philadelphia. There's a big Polish community, Thank okay? You. So I'll go oh, to, wow. I'll go and okay. talk to them. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Javon, it's been a pleasure having you on this evening. Um, I can't wait to see the Thank second you. season of the Oval. And I wish you so much success with this conservatory. I really appreciate it. I'm a licensed social worker. I have a background in theater, so I really appreciate you creating a space, a safe space for people to learn about the arts and, and support the arts. I really
1: Thank like you. that. Thank you. I well you have a great evening, okay? Oh, Go great. ahead. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you, No, I was just going to say in terms of what you thought, it's not always about us teaching and grooming celebrities and stars. It's about developing people. And so that's mm-hmm. if you think about the conservatory, that's our primary focus. If you become a star as a result of that, that's great. But we're working on self first, and that's the focus. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And next time I talk to you, you're going to be 10 pounds lighter because I will have prayed for you. You're,
1: you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Thank you.
0: All right. Have a great evening. Okay.
1: You too, Joy. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, I just got off the phone with actor Javon Johnson from BET's The Oval, uh, written, directed, and executive produced by Tyler Perry. The new season, season two is coming out in February, but you better catch up on season one. And there's a lot to catch up on. I can't even tell you everything, but you want to catch up on that. Also, You want to check out his Bear Fruit Conservatory. They're having a grand opening Saturday, January 30th in upstate South Carolina. Um, So you want to check that out. He's probably going to post some more information on his Instagram. He's Javon Johnson1 on Instagram. So you want to check him out there, and you can probably get some more information. Also, there's a link here uh, on my Blog Talk Radio um, page with the Bear Fruit Conservatory. You guys, thank you so much. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. You guys have a wonderful evening. Stay safe, healthy, wash your hands, and wear your mask. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your healthcare care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit CDC.gov. 18- Plus.